check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Welcome to Red Storm Chasers. I'm Vincent here with Craig and Nick. On this episode, we'll look back at the Butler and Villanova victories. We'll look ahead to the Providence matchup, Creighton matchup, and Seton Hall matchup, guys. Big heavy week uh, on the pod. Lots of St. John's Lots of St. John's basketball focus. How's everyone doing? Good. Good, doing good, well. Feeling good. That's what we like to hear. Nick, how we doing? Good. Everything is a okay over here, baby. That's all we can ask. Two and zero last week. Can't ask for anything more. Great week. Certainly, great week. We're coming off a great week, and hopefully heading into a great week. Just feelings are really good right now. The vibes are, are vibing. I mean, I, wow. You know, we we talked <laughs> we talked last week about how you know what we thought the week was going to be, hoping for two and zero. Uh, and our dreams came true. I think we had three votes for 2-0 last year, last week. Well, yeah. some of us are positive. Not all of us, but some of us were. Uh, anyway, before we get into that, I got a question for you guys, as always. Uh, this one's a little interesting one, a little timely. Uh, right. So, I don't know if you caught the end of the Saints-Falcons game. Uh, it was on Red Zone. I, mean, I, saw, was, I had Red Zone on, but okay. I didn't, you didn't, I didn't watch it, it necessarily. Right. Uh, we'll, we'll go through a scenario here, because there's a little, little sparks after the game. Oh. Uh, Arthur Smith now fired anyway, but he's a main player in this story. Uh, so it's the end of the game. Uh, the Saints are up uh, big. They're up 40 to 7, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, 40 17, maybe. Um, it, it's in hand. Uh, they get, uh, the Saints get an interception. Uh, the, uh, the Honey Badger gets an interception and returns it to the one yard line. I did see that. Okay. Uh, there's no time left, uh, or Atlanta doesn't have any timeouts. Okay, it's the end of the game. They're up by a lot. Kneel the ball, right? You kneel the ball, yeah. and you end the game. So the Saints send out the the victory formation. Jameis Winston, backup quarterback, in. Uh, and instead of kneeling the ball, hands the ball off to Jamal Williams, who dives in for a one-yard touchdown. Really? Ooh. I didn't know that. Arthur Smith comes out, in my opinion, correctly, uh, after the game walks to midfield, and you can see him say it to uh, the Saints head coach. He says, that's fucking bullshit, uh, which is correct. And now to the, to the Saints coach's uh, – I forget his name. Who's, I don't know Dennis who's, Allen. Dennis Allen, thank you. Uh, to, to, to his credit, he said, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> he just admitted it. Yeah. Uh, Was it an audible? So let me get your initial thoughts here, okay? Before you hear about what actually happened – uh, that's what actually happened, I should say. Before you hear about the background of what happened, give me your thoughts on scoring the one-yard touchdown there. You know, part of me is like, it's the NFL, so like they're grown men, so just just stop them. Yeah. Is it kind of an, a dick move? Like, yeah. It, I mean, it is. It 100% is. I'm not going to say it's not. It was It was with it's a minute like 13 a... to go, just, just so I can clarify, give you the full information. It was with a minute 13 to go. They were winning 41-17. to 17. Yeah, I mean, they should have done. I mean, I mean, there could be an extenuating circumstance, though, which I'm assuming. I'm, I'm assuming there, there is. I want to hear this story, but my initial thought is, it's like when somebody, it's like at the end of a basketball game when somebody's up thirty points and then they shoot a three, and it's not like a walk on, right? It's like a starter or something like that, I where they dunk it. So on you it, would both like, say starter. they should have knelt it in this situation. I, 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 I think I would say you run out the clock, you win the game, you I, get the game over. I mean, I would say if you want to do that, then you better be prepared, prepared for whatever the consequences may be. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm listen. I'm in agreement with you. I think you go out there. You, you, you re, there's a level of respect, just on a human level. I mean, the game's over. Uh, the right? game's over. You go out there, time. you kneel. This was wasting everybody's time, okay. frankly. So fast forward sure. now. We go, we get to the post game press sure. conferences. Arthur Smith clearly upset, as he should be, very much so. Dennis Allen gets in his press conference and says. Uh, I want to start by apologizing to Arthur Smith and the Falcons. Uh, that was not okay, not acceptable, uh, and it was not the play that we called. Oh, okay. okay. So, basically, admits to having a player mutiny. Sure. Jameis Winston gets interviewed, the yeah. guy who called Hike, and what he said was this: He said that we wanted to get either Jamal Williams because he hadn't scored a touchdown this year, or Jimmy Graham a touchdown. Uh, and basically that, well, if Matthew had returned the pick for a touchdown, would that have been wrong? So they felt like it was okay. Not a fair, it's not a, it's not an unfair argument. No, it, no, it is. The answer is it is. You know why? Because a pick six is, is something that happens in the middle of play, right? So it, 
the way I look at it is you're in the middle of the play. You're reacting to what happened. I got the ball. I'm going to run for a touchdown because that's the game. True. Here, it's over. It's clearly over, right? You have a, You are making a decision as to what the next thing in the game will be with the clock stopped, winning the game by 30 points. By whatever, I mean, the game, the game was over when he made the pick. They were up by, they were up by sure. 35 listen, points make, in a minute there, and listen, a half Listen, I think there's people who make an argument, and they may be right too, that he should have slid down earlier yeah. than the one. But I think in that moment, I can see returning a pick because you're in the middle of a game. It's different. You're in the middle of a play. It's totally I I, I get that. Right? And with all due respect, the Falcons guys on that play on the interception are trying to, A, knock the ball out of your hands, and B, tackle you in a way that continues the game. You know what what I think is... Whereas on a kneel down play, they're not doing that. Well, I think part of it also is the um, going in victory formation and then running the play actually makes it worse. Because if you lined up for it and they didn't stop you... Whatever it is, what it is you told you essentially told them you're going to run it, and you didn't. They didn't stop you. Going to victory formation is a little it's a little sleazy because it looks like you're going to victory right, formation. Right, you're trying to sneak you do it. it. The, like you said, the other team's like, all right, we're giving up essentially. Now you're just pounding it in. And it's like, what do you? Have, but I understand trying to get Jamal Williams, especially who led the NFL in touchdown last year. That yeah, again, zero for the year. Again, I think that's okay if you don't line up in victory. First of all, I, I agree. Uh, I don't. I also don't think it's okay in this scenario. But I think if if that's your thing, don't line up in victory. You can't line up in the victory formation, and it's like. No, I agree. Yeah, no, by the way, sec power. This, if you were to get hammered, to a, I, to a further thing, I think people who call victory formation and stand there for a minute until a defender gets close, you should be able to hit him. Uh-huh. You shouldn't be able yeah. to dance or to, to fake yeah, yeah, kneel, fake kneel, fake kneel, kneel down as a guy comes to you. If you're going to be in victory, you should call hike and kneel. That's what you should do. And anything besides that is bush league. And I think, and what happened here is even worse than that. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, absolutely bush but, league. You know, famous Jameis. That's I, I can tell you he's not going to have a contract next year for doing that. Yes, he will. Yeah, he will. He'll be fine. Who? Oh. He's still on the He's still in the Saints. He's, he's still, still in their contract. I, mean, I guess you're right. Probably he's still, minimum he's contract. still James Winston, man. He, hey, he got eyes. still got the potential, man. Great, he's still got an arm. Great, great backup quarterback. 50 care. interceptions. Arthur, Arthur Smith got fired. What do they, what do they give a shit about? Great backup quarterback. All right, let's get back into St. John's basketball talk. Uh, sorry, I just I wanted to see what your thoughts were. It's an interesting scenario. Interesting, uh, for sure. Well, we had a great week. The St. John's Red Storm certainly did. He started the week very in a, in a very important game at Carnesecca Arena. Uh, it was Butler coming in, Posh Alexander's return. Uh, Butler playing extremely well above expectations. St. John's obviously a one and one week to start Big East play, or, or I guess, yeah, start. Well, yeah, that was the official was start of Big East play, even though we had Hofstra in the middle there. Yeah. And we dominated. 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 Wire-to-wire wire win, 86-70 victory against Butler. Now, Pasha Alexander did have a bit of a, bit of a you know, a, a stick-it-to-you kind of game. A little bit for him. In the first half. In the first half. Good. 11 points for him. Yeah. Six rebounds. Silent. Five assists. Uh, he, he did go silent in the second half. But listen, I, I'll, I'll respect Pasha Alexander. You know, appreciate his We're service. We're big fans here on the pod. We're big fans. And, and listen, he, I understand. It got, just wasn't the situation for him. He got, he got the... Um, the reception that he he deserved when they announced yeah. him in pregame, got a, a loud applause. Yeah. And I, Nothing know, but respect. Well deserved. Right? And well deserved. I mean, he, he he was our it. guy for three years. Yeah, I know. One hundred percent. You know, a good a good soldier, right? He did did what he should have done. Uh, and you know, listen, it didn't work out, Rick Pitino, but wish him all the best and glad he's doing well. To be completely honest, it's no, nice to yeah. see him starting on Butler. Yeah, right it's it funny he made some plays. I'm like, yeah, there's Posh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, we've seen that before. Um, but the, but. Let's now focus in here. Wire to wire win. Shot fifty percent from the field. Under thirty from three, Nick. I know your magic number there. Twenty eight percent only from three. Fifty seven percent from the line, which was awful. Twelve of twenty one. <laughs> yeah, not good. Uh, fortunately we didn't need them down the stretch, but that was Thank pretty bad. God. Uh we out rebounded them significantly. Eleven by eleven. Plus That's eleven pretty, in, in the rebounding range, which is huge. Um and we had a plus three turnover margin. So good numbers for us there. We had contributors everywhere, even from very surprisingly, Brady Dunlap. Brady Dunlap, story of the week for sure. But to start here at, at uh, against Butler, just was electric. I mean, the, he was all over the place. He got that shot down, that quick trigger. It's exactly what we've been looking for for years. I know since Margot know. since Margot Borgo, even before. Brian, uh, Brian Let, Hooper, right? Let's hope Brady Dunlap's better than Mark Borgo. <laughs> we can only hope. <laughs> well, let's hope he's better than Mark Hooper. I mean, uh, Mark or Hooper. Max Hooper. Max, Max Hooper, Hooper too. Better than, better than Max Brian Hooper Hooper's also. Your uncle. Because uh, Max Hooper, uh, it was great everywhere except for St. John. Correct, correct. No, no, 100%. But 
Brady, Brady Dunlap, Dunlap. Three of five from three, five of seven from the field. Brady Dunlap also in this game did a lot of other things besides just shoot three pointers, by the way. That's great. That's he a great played, point. He played good defense. Yeah. He rebounded well. Um he was electric and, off the and bench. He, you know, he, he, he did a, it was a very impressive performance by Brady Dunlap. He absolutely he came off I'm sorry. He came off the bench and he really uh he really was like a spark plug for our team. He came in, he banged a couple shots. He was energetic. He was on the ball. He was yeah. helping facilitate. He was swinging. He was, he was, was exactly what we needed. Yeah, we we also uh, have to mention uh, uh, Nahima Lean. Yeah, good day absolutely. for him again. Ten points, and now he's he's had other good performances. Uh, Brady Dunlap a bit more of a surprise. Uh, Aline has performed well previously, but he had a good day as well. Ten points for him. All of our starters, with the exception of Dingle, were in double digits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, just uh, you know, six, six guys in double. This game was seven, never yeah. in doubt. Never in doubt. Never in doubt. No. We led wire to wire. It, you know, there's always that moment where you're like, oh wait, are we gonna give it up? Are we gonna give it up? Didn't really happen. You know, no. A little towards the uh, the beginning of the second half. They had a, they had a good they had a good punch coming out of halftime, but never it, yeah, never yeah. enough where we were like where I would felt it was in real doubt that they were going to, you know, catch us to the point where it was a back-and-forth game. They were always chasing us. Correct. They were always chasing us, and we were keeping, put keeping away from them, but they were always chasing. Yeah. They never really felt like they had control of the game. They always felt like they were chasing us, and that's the way I, I felt about it. We did give up classic 25 points in Karnaseka to DJ Davis. you got to be somebody. There's always one. There's always one. <laughs> you know, you can't... It's it's tough to get away. But it... Without yeah. without doing that, it, it, it's funny. Last game of the year at Carnesecca, which is it's very strange. early. So by the that's way, because of you know a lot more big East games at like UBS and, and whatever, not, not for nothing, sold out again. Sold out again. Five and zero at Carnesecca Arena this year. Yeah, can't do better. every win by fifteen or more points. Yeah, and and there we go. It was you know it was a great crowd again. I mean the thing about Carnesecca is this real home court advantage. Oh yeah, it's loud. I mean it is loud. It is small. You know, it was good. So everybody's on top of you. Can't wait to not see UConn fans there next year. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know one thing too about this game that like surprised me a little bit. Glenn Taylor didn't play. He played eight seconds at the end of the first half and didn't play again. Mm-hmm. This guy was a starter. That was a pretty big surprise to he, that game. I, I it was, was it was interesting, certainly. And you can see that more so than any of our more recent previous coaches. The minutes and the time you play has to be completely tied to what you do in practice. 100%. Yeah. Because Glenn Taylor didn't play in his Butler game, but did very much play in the Villanova game. I didn't say very much, but he, he, he played. He played. Yeah, he played. Right? Played. He played more than and the eight it, seconds he played here in the in this game. But my point is, but you see the rotation changes yeah. almost every game. Yeah. Who's getting the most minutes is it has to be tied to, the only thing I can assume it's tied to is how you do in practice. Yeah, it must be. I mean, absolutely. You know. That's not not necessarily saying that it was the wrong, you know, whatever the wrong decisions, you know, um, but I, you know, I read it after and that he, he had a good attitude about it and you could see it and he was in it and he still worked hard in practice and got back on the court for Villanova. So that's good. He started, he started yeah. against Villanova. No, I know, I know. And he's, he's, in, he, I think he's going to be important. He's an important player for us, to be honest. I mean, he plays really good defense. And Absolutely. Stuff, he's going to so. be, he's a very important player so, for us. That's good. I mean, I was just—it was interesting to see that he like didn't play at all. I mean, I you know, get Brady Dunlap was like, on no, fire. Was on and fire. I'm not saying you should have taken out Brady Dunlap. But I, just... I like that Rick Pitino has a an older style where he's like, listen, the best five players when the basketball yeah. rolls out are going to play. Yeah. That's good. We're I mean, going to go good. with the hot hands in practice, and if they're doing good, they're doing good. It's certainly been working for us recently. Yes. So you can't complain about it too much. Absolutely not. That was the start to the week. Very good, and the good week continued on. Uh, we went to the Pavilion at. Villanova's campus, yeah. which we hadn't won in since 1993. Before I was born. And we came... <laughs> that's a good point. That's a great point. I was one. Uh, we came out with a 10-point victory, 81-71, to 71, a wire-to-wire win again. We have not trailed since the 7.06 mark in the first half of the Hofstra game. Which wow. means we haven't trailed in 2024. That's, that's it. A good point. Great point. Let's hold, let's hold on never, to that. We're never going to lose again. Uh, I'm okay with that. Uh, th- again, another great dominant win that we put together 47 percent from the field 43 percent from three much better much better here 76 exactly. percent from the free throw line even better there uh we we actually shot the same number of shots too we just made more of them uh this another great performance by brady dunlap by the way he got you know good to see him get his chance to start yeah. As Nick said, Patino coming in, best guys are going to play. Glenn Taylor started, even though he only played eight seconds against Butler. 
but it, you know, you see that rotation, you see it change. We got Conway in the game, right? Wiltshire got more minutes. It's interesting to see how things kind of mix. Yeah. Uh, and and how it, it, they tend to work out for us so far. And we did have Ledlam was out. Right, so we had to make game, up for So that. we did have to fill that spot. And, and R.J. Lewis is still fighting shin splints, so he has played limited, more limited minutes. Than still scored 11 points. Yeah. I didn't say we played bad minutes. I just said he played limited <laughs> No, you're minutes. right. You're right. But, my, but you had to fill that gap a little bit. It might be why there were more minutes to go around for, for Glenn Taylor. And I, uh, I do want to give a shout-out to R.J. Lewis because he has been him and the combo of him and Brady coming out of in basically this week. I mean, R.J. started last week too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But really coming into their own this week has been huge for us. Brady has been the three-point shooter we've needed for God knows how long. Um, and R.J. Lewis is the lane slasher, and he's he, he gets open, he hustles, he does all that. He's the playmaker. He's kind of an all he's an all round good player that he can complement everybody else. He, he's you know he can definitely create his own shot, and he can get to the basket as as well as it really anybody I've seen in a long time. So, and he, he's hurt, and he's hurt. Yeah, Correct. right. He's not and playing at one hundred percent. I mean, like Dunlap. Just to talk about Dunlap for a second again, that the the dagger three he hit. It towards oh, the yeah. end of the second half was that that is a shot that we have failed to make many, 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 many times over the last decade, yeah, 15, 20 years. But having that is because it really iced the game. They were making a little bit of run. Dunlap, they, a great play by Aline, too, which gets lost a little bit. Yeah. He doesn't pull up for the jumper that he normally makes anyway. It would have been a good shot. But he makes the extra pass, finds Dunlap wide open in the corner, who yeah. drills a three. And after that game, after that three, Villanova really never got yeah. close again. It really demoralized it really them. Close. We... It really was a dagger. Yeah, it, it was certainly a bit closer than the Butler game. Yes, I mean they were always sure. they were always kind of within striking distance, six, you know, sure. so, uh, routinely in the second half, particularly. But yeah, um, you know, I, I not to be overly optimistic, but I think we all flash back to. You know, we're, we're like a, we're like somebody who's hold who's watching a baby hold an egg, right, a- on the concrete, and you just you're waiting for them to drop it. You know yeah. what I mean? You're like, oh, it's it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. Right. Uh, and you know, I don't feel that as much with this team. And even in this game, I still felt this, right? That's still our go-to oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. But but with all due respect, from an outside perspective, if you watch this game, I don't know that that's the proper feeling. I don't know that anybody anybody who's not a full-time St. John's fan watches all the time watch this game and said. Oh my god! Oh my god! They're going to give it up. They're going to give it up. My guess is they watched it and said, "Wow, these guys are better than them." Yeah, it was funny. I was. They're dr- continuing to keep them at arm's length because they're better than them. Yeah, yeah. I, I no, I don't disagree. I, it's funny. I was thinking about these the other day. I know after you know, after the game, I'm trying, and I said, you know, I'm thinking of all the reasons how we did it, and I'm thinking about you know maybe we're just good. Yeah, maybe <laughs> we're just a, a like, good team. Maybe we're just good. Maybe it wasn't like a. Maybe we're just good, which is you know hard to say and believe i guess but maybe we're i don't know maybe we're just good because i mean the, we we just played really well i mean we we, we just well be, we around. beat them we just do, i mean there's no doubt about it we just dominated we beat them in every facet of the it, game. it did help that they were missing ta- they missed i mean they went 21 percent from the three-point line they shot for six or 28 so right they didn't miss tons of shots but i think a lot of that has to do with our defense yeah i, I think over the last Really, over the last couple weeks, but specifically this week, it's, I, our defense has been very good. We, we're very much more connected. And if you watch, I was watching the rotations on guys. We do a great job of help defense in terms of rotating on guys. When three point shooter gets, we cover that back up and then we cover up the next guy. So they don't get the extra pass. A lot of times in years past, they'd get, we would cover the guy who was about to take the shot. Yeah. But then they get the extra pass and the guy's wide open. Wide open. Now that doesn't happen anymore. We get, we we are connected enough that we got the guy with the ball, and then someone fills in, so they don't get the the extra pass yeah. wide open three. And it's and it's happening more and more each game. We're getting better and better on defense, and I think that has keyed us. Frankly, I think the defense is, was the biggest piece of this of this two and zero week. So, I mean, the offense has been very good, but I think the defense really has done a huge leap forward. So it's really been in. It's really been since that Boston College game, since Rick Pitino called out the defense. Yeah. I mean, first of all, we've won five of those six games since. The only game we lost was UConn, which is a game we were in. We held them under 70 points. We held them to 69 points. Right. Nice. Um, you look you look at these numbers, though, right? 
Fordham, the game directly after Walcott, 55 points. They shot 25% from the field. Yeah. Xavier, we held them to 66. UConn, like I said, 69. Hofstra, we gave up 79 points. That was a bad game. But again, I do think there's a little bit of, of that. You talked about it, Craig. Let down. Let down. You're, you're playing Big East. Now you got to play Hofstra on a weird, you know, in the middle of the New Year's, Christmas. So we'll give that one a bit of a pass. We shouldn't be giving up 79 points to Hofstra. But then you're right back at it. But Butler, 70 points. Villanova, 71 points, which isn't great, but it's not that much. Giving up 71 and 70 points is not bad, particularly... You know, when you're holding them down, like Nick said, you, Villanova shooting so terribly from three, I do think that is our defense. And I think that, you know, our guys really took Patino's words to heart and said, listen, we do have to be better on defense, so let's fix it. Hey, yeah. hey listen, we're averaging 79.8 points a game. So if we're holding somebody to 70, 71, right. we're going to win, we're gonna win a lot of games. We're going to win a lot of games. Yeah. Absolutely. No, um, I, yeah, absolutely. So this win takes us to 3-1 and one in the Big East. Great start for us. The best start we've had since... 2010-2011. Just wow. absolutely spectacular. Which, here. that team. Oh, Craig. <laughs> that team, that team, that team. If only DJ didn't get hurt, that team. That team could have had a run. Anyway. Oh, could have they deserved oh, a run. Team, anyway. They, they, that team deserves a run. Anyway, not to regardless about it. But Before we get into the Big East. I do I do want to give one shout out that uh, we beat them at Wells Fargo when I was there in 2018 when they were number one in the country. That's so true. we hadn't beat them at the Pavilion I beat on the Villanova's pavilion. campus since yeah. 1990. Nick, I thought you were going to shout out the block by Zub- your guy Zuby. Yeah, that was, that was, I was, oh, that's what yeah. I was That would have been a better Oh, the, better the sequence of, hi- of him blocking it and then coming down and absolutely yeah. murdering the rim. I mean, that block by Zuby was also one of like the most cleanest. Oh, it was beautiful. It was just It classic. was perfectly timed. It was... It was beautiful. Dude. I mean, it was it was a, it was a great thing to be. It like. was a great sequence. I Literally. thought that's where you were going. I thought that's where you were I should have. Right if I was smarter, I probably would have. <laughs> we, uh, we also didn't talk about Joel Soriano the last two for these two games, by the way, because he just did Joel Soriano things. Well, he he, he missed out. Not on that a we double have to talk about for a long too. time, but twenty points against Villanova, and he dominated Eric Dixon. He did. He certainly did dominate. And listen, it, not. I mean, you're right. We don't even talk about him. Why? Because it's kind of a guarantee. <laughs> it's it's a luxury eight. to have. He had twenty, 20 yeah. and eight with three assists, and we're like. Yeah, so Brady Dunlap shooting at seven, <laughs> shooting seventy percent. And Jenkins had another good week too, by the way. Jenkins has also keyed this run, for sure. Not to bring up everybody into the thing, but Jenkins cutting down the turnovers, and he scored eighteen points against Villanova. He has been very important, and he as he goes, we go a little bit. Well, Craig, I'm very glad you brought up talking about the players because it is time for the spotlight player of the week. What a good transition! What a good transition we it's had. Like I there. knew it was going to happen next. All right, Craig. Mm-hmm. Since you're already talking about our players here, who do you got? Who is your spotlight player of the week? So I, I want to go Brady Dunlap, but because he had such a breakout week, but I think I got to go with Jenkins. I got to go with Jenkins. Mm-hmm. 18, 18 points against Nova. Seventeen against Butler. Seventeen against Butler, and it's just key. I mean, really, just. Overall, he he does make our offense go. I mean, he had seven assists against Butler, and he had five assists against Villanova. So overall, that's a, that's a great week. So shout, honorable mention for me for Brady Dunlap, but I'm gonna say Denise Jake, Dennis Jenkins. You guys with the honorable mentions, you pick one player. I said okay? Jenkins. It's the spotlight player of the week. You pick. One player. You vote for one player. Time out. You don't need you, honorable you've, mentions. You've given honorable mentions before. I'm allowed to give honorable <laughs> mentions, okay? Why? Because I do the counting, okay? And I know my honorable mentions don't actually count. Craig's hoping that by by somehow saying the honorable mention, Dunlap is going to get a little extra point. A little half a point. Give him like a quarter that's point. See what I'm saying? <laughs> that's not how this works, okay? You, your vote is for Dennis Jenkins, and that's you fine. have another tie again. That, we're not going. Well, I don't think we're going to. I'm voting for Brady Dunlap. Brady Dunlap... Uh, it, you know, really came out of his own this week. Got to go and shooting 60% from three this week. He is six of 10 uh, in these two games. Obviously, the first real time we've gotten to see him in full action, uh, 13 points against Butler, came back, got the start against Villanova, 15 points. I He is what the Spotlight Player of the Week is made for, and he's my Spotlight Player of the Week. Nick, who you got? Ooh, do I break the tie? Do I make it a, a tie and well, add the last somebody time, else? The, the last mix? time you had to break a tie, you decided to become a Cubs fan, so you didn't have to split the family up. So <laughs> I'm not really sure we're, we're relying on the right guy here, but let us know. All right. Well, I'm going to have to go with Brady Dunlap. 
without a doubt. I mean, Craig he, will be happy because he, he thinks some quarter fair. point got him there. That's that's, that's that's really what it was. He was the spark plug off the bench we needed. He was, um, he he did everything we needed to. He made the shots we needed him to do. He closed out the game. He did all this, without a doubt. Gotta be Brady Dunlap. I do want to give an honorable mention to R.J. Lewis <laughs> because I'm hoping he also gets a quarter point. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So if Craig and Nick's way, the final vote would be like. Uh, Brady Dunlap, two and a quarter point. Dennis Jenkins, one vote. And then uh, R.J. Lewis, a, a quarter of a vote. The way it actually goes is Brady Dunlap, two. Dennis Jenkins, one. Brady Dunlap is the spotlight player of the week. Number one for him. First, first time. One ever. For, uh, first one ever. I mean, first he's a freshman, so good for him. Getting the spotlight player of the week in his first year. I feel like I would call it one for one for him. It was his first real chance to really get the spotlight <laughs> I mean, player of the week. I think you're right. I think he's so far he's batting a thousand because that, this was absolutely, I think, his first chance. Uh, let's take a big, big picture view of where the team is at right now. I mentioned three and one in the Big East. Uh, that actually has us tied for the first. Hey. Uh, the good news is it's early in the season, so there's a. You know, we're in first. The unfortunate part is we're tied with uh, four other teams. Uh, Seton Hall also 3-1. and one, but UConn 3-1. and one, Villanova 3-1 and one, uh, because of our loss. We put ourselves tied for first because of our Villanova win. Seton Hall. Very interesting. So, I mean, they're having a great great what stretch. A, very interesting. What a microcosm. Um, I mean, you know, you, you get blown out by Xavier in the middle of a stretch where you're beating UConn, Marquette, and Providence. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I get, and they're and they're injuring star players along the way. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> right, that that may be exactly their key, right? The key. Took out Hopkins. Uh, took out Klingon. Took out Klingon. I that you know, I, not not for nothing, but I'd. Who do they play next? That, fortunately, they don't play us for like another week. Let's hope that they get that out of their system, uh, and we can you know not have any injuries when we play them. Yeah, that would be good. Uh, well, yeah. Not much change at the bottom of the Big East. Georgetown and DePaul still sitting down there. Butler, though, despite having a great offseason, has struggled a bit now that they've hit Big East play. I mean, offseason, uh, preseason, or, or out of conference schedule. Uh, they've struggled a bit, one and three only uh, coming into this week. Uh, so, you know, uh, as much as we said, oh, they're a good team, they, they had a rough week where they got beat by UConn and by St. John's in the same week. That's uh, why I said it was a must win because you can't lose to a Butler team that you don't know how's gonna, how good they're going to be. You're at not home. That's, true. that's correct. That, that's fair. I think it ended up being. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's where we stand right now in the Big East. No, no place better than being number one. Can't beat that. Uh, so place we haven't been very often. <laughs> not recently. recently. Anyway, I looking at I don't our, remember the last time we were number one in the Big East. I mean, probably there was probably some stretch where we were one and zero or something like that. Yeah, when we I beat when we beat team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, anyway, looking at our net rankings, I know it's still early, but. 33 in the net. Very respectable. That's really good. Um, exactly. We're ahead of Villanova. Just right ahead of them. 34 at the time. Uh, but, you know, listen, that's you want to be in that range because that's going to be the re- the quote-unquote blind resume they're looking at is going to include the net rankings. So if you can remain up there, and the way you do that is A, through wins, and B, through competition, the competition is going to be there for us, no doubt. Sure. Because lots of the Big of East games. Lots of opportunities. Um, but if we keep getting wins, we're going to keep staying high in the Big East, and, I mean, in the net rankings, by staying high in the Big East. And that's how you successfully make the tournament. So yeah. right now, Craig, tell us what our, your guy Joe Lenardi has us at, because I know you're a big uh, bracketology yeah. guy. Joe Lenardi has us as the first four out. So he's moved us up. Last we week, I believe we were the, first. the next four out. We there were we the, go. We were the next round. Maybe so. you should just start your own bracketology. Well, I go to usually use bracket matrix. That's my like. Oh, oh, so you're just bracket che- cheating on Joe Lenardi. Yeah, yeah. Bracket matrix. It takes all of the brackets across all the internet and and averages them out, and that's what it gives you. It's actually mm-hmm. super useful. That sounds. That, that does sound very useful. It's super useful. I see we're on bracket matrix. I haven't looked at it. Yet. So I, you know, I. No disrespect to bracketologists, that, you know they they do good work because it allows me to spend my days at work clicking around the internet instead of actually doing work. But <laughs> I do think that their job is particularly easy because half the field is automatic bids that they don't even really say. They just go like whoever wins the, you know, the MIAC or the SWAC, they're going to get in, and that's right. fair. Obviously, they don't know that. But I guess if you're going to be a bracketologist, you probably should know that's, that. It's your so, whole job. Um, we did it one time. We did it one time, and to be honest, it's not even that hard, because with all due respect, the real decision is about four or five teams who are the first four out and then you know the last four in. That's where it really comes down to, and the bracketologists are okay. 
Uh, but my guess is they're no better than the average person. It re- the reality is if you get like one or two wrong, that's really bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Frankly, I mean, one, okay, fine. But if you get more than one wrong, you didn't really do that great of a job because it's you're, if you follow it, it's not going to be correct. They also never get seating. Like they say, oh, the seating I just put. Yeah, they do. They some do. of them, yeah, some of them. They do. But I, I digress. Not a bit important. Where are we at in this bracket matrix here, sir? So we're currently having us as a 12 seed in. I like that one better. <laughs> yes, yeah. Joe and Arnie. Oh, actually, what a bum. Let's see. It has as the last team in. Bracket Matrix has as the last team in the tournament, just ahead of Northwestern. Better to be in than not be in. That's where they have us. They would have us as the last team in. They actually, Bracket Matrix, not to do like a shout out for them, but they also rank the bracketologists to tell you how accurate they are <laughs> over the course of the years. And they give a bracketologist of the year, whoever gets it correct. That's actually awesome. Who's the best? Who's the most accurate? Is the, uh, is it, it, it varies. Let me see. What is I'm it sure right it changes now? Where's Joe Lenardi? Where are you he's, at? He's in the middle of the pack. Last year, the, uh, the, the, the thing is there's also like a lot of people who do brackets. So it is a little fluke right because you're getting like all kinds. Of, like the guy who won last year was Jake Liker. I don't know who that was, <laughs> but he's the guy who was the most correct. But uh, Oh, good for him. Bracketometry. <laughs> Shout out to him. Over the last three years, bracketometry was the most consistently correct bracket. Bracketometry. Anyway. Yeah. Good to keep an eye on, for just, sure. Just a thing, you know. You know, when you're bored at work, you know. This way, that. you know, as we head on to this next week, big week uh, for us here, uh, continuing the St. John's season. But, you know, we're in a good place right now. Obviously, that's, you know, pretty common sense when you're 3-1 and one in the Big East and you've had a decent offseason. I keep calling it an offseason. A decent non-conference, non-conference season like we've yeah. had. But as we head into this week, a jammed, packed week, uh, we got... Two games this week, and we're going to cover one game that they started next week as well. But first game of the week is home against Providence, 6.30 on Fox Sports 1. That game's on Wednesday. Scariest mascot in all the best. Definitely. <laughs> yes, we've talked about that at length. Absolutely terrifying. Got to be noted. I, I, I know I've, I've asked this question probably for the past two weeks, absolutely on the past two weeks on the podcast. Is this a must-win game? Providence at home with no Bryce Young is a yeah. must-win game. Yeah, with no Bryce in Young. In my opinion. I agree. No, my opinion. Bryce, Bryce, Bryce Hopkins, not Bryce Young. Yeah. Oh, Bryce Young is a, is Bryce Bryce Young is a quarterback <laughs> of the Carolina. Hey, listen, if Bryce, Young, Bryce. if Bryce Young was playing for Providence, it may it may not be because that would be some kind of charity game, I assume. But uh, Yes, without Bryce Hopkins, who is now out for the season, unfortunately, for Providence, it, Providence at home is certainly not a game we can lose. They're, they're still reeling. We need, to, we need to beat them at home. That would be my opinion. They're they're not they, they obviously they they got beat by Seton Hall last week. Correct. Uh, they're and then Creighton. You know, and then Creighton finished off the week. It, it's they're they're in a rough spot. You know, it I, sucks I, for Providence. It I sucks because they had yeah, they were sucks. they were doing very well. They were they had ranked eleven and four. Yeah. You know, uh, seemingly in a great in a great place. Kim English coming in first year. He's got a good team put together, and then you get an injury like this and. It, it's hard to bounce back, particularly in the middle of Big East play, right? You get an injury like that in the beginning of the season, maybe you can figure something out. You, you now kind of have to restructure your team, uh, and yeah. back-to-back nights you're playing Seton Hall, you're playing Creighton, now you're playing St. John. You know, it's, it's just, it all of a sudden it's it's piling up coming, quick. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's going to be tough for them to, to make up for it. Give you some other names to look at. Obviously now Bryce Hopkins is not there. Devin Carter, their leading scorer, averaging just under 17 points a game, uh, shooting 48% from the field. He's He's a good guard. Uh, Hopkins was their second leading scorer and their leading rebounder. Josh Oduro, I assume, will kind of fill that role. He was their second leading rebounder. He has six and a half rebounds, 14 points a game. Uh, he'll be the guy that I guess Soriano will probably match up with now. Uh, but again, you know, Kim English is going to have to rework things, right? If you, you're their offense and a lot of their defense too ran very much through Bryce Hopkins. So it, it's hard to overcome a loss like that. And it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, how they can fix things. Obviously, they couldn't do it for that Creighton game. They got beat pretty bad. Uh, but I think you're 100% right, Craig. This team comes in here, particularly on the stretch we're on, right? We're, we're playing really well. This is not a game we can stumble over. Uh, and, and hopefully, we put ourselves in a place to win. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, like we talked about, this is a tough stretch for us. And this is a game that we need to, to win. Yeah, I think now, now, now even more so than before. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you what do you think, Nick? Is our recipe for success here without Bryce Hopkins? Do you think we try to just continue to hammer Joel Soriano, or do you think we kind of stick to the live and die by the three type 
style that we've been playing for you know most of the season. I like a little bit. I like a mix of both. I like giving it to giving it down low to um, Soriano a little bit, but then you could kick it out to Brady now that he's proven himself as a, a three point shooter that can catch and shoot, right? So now we can play a little inside outside. And mm-hmm. we can, we can get a little shifty now, especially without their best guard. So now they're going to be a little hectic on defense because, you know, they're still figuring out their rotations without their best guy, their best player on the floor. Yeah. It's a lot of it's a lot of change for a team. It is. Do you think Brady Dunlap gets the start again? I mean, I guess it, obviously Chris Ledlam injury pending as well, but do you think we find Brady Dunlap coming out in the starting lineup here against the Providence Friars? I think even with Ledlam, I think I like him better in the starting lineup. I think I think he brings a much different game than Ledlam. I think Ledlam's game is very similar to Soriano's game, and Soriano's better at it. Right. I think Brady complements Soriano and the rest of the team more because he can open up the floor more. I tend to agree with you, Nick. I, I think he, he brings us that three-point shooting, and he brings us uh, something that our team has lacked for a while, and I think he he gives us more, I guess— of a different look on the court, yeah. Uh, than Ledlam does. No, no disrespect, Ledlam. I think I, I know, I, I, you know, I know. Sometimes he can play a little reckless, but I, I think he's overall he's a good player. Uh, I think you're, I, I disagree with both of you. I think if Ledlam's not injured, he's going to start. Yeah, I I'm, just think I think that he has proven himself. I mean, the guy, <laughs> look at it. I mean, if you look at his stats, I mean, the guy he's a rebounding machine. He gets his points. I'm not, like this is not a knock on Brady, and I think to your point, I think Dunlap does give us a different element in terms of spacing the floor and that kind of good stuff. So it's not like he's not gonna play, and he's gonna play a significant minutes. It, it just in terms of starting, I think Ledham started. I think if he comes back, I guess he started. I mean, I mean, he, started, wrong. he started against uh, he started against Butler, and he was only at seventy five percent. This guy still put up a double double. I mean, he averages sure. eleven points and eight rebounds. I mean, he's a great player. I, again, I mean, I, you know, I was saying he's not a bad player. I don't think he is. Uh, I just. Uh, he, I wonder if Nick is too correct in that he plays a similar game to Soriano. So when you're coming out and you're starting, you know, with your starting five, is it better to have a different look uh, with by having somebody like Dunlap in the lineup? Is is what my thought would be. Yes, but as we know, or as we've talked about, I, I think it's going to come down to a. First of all, Chris Lim is healthy, but b, who's playing better in practice? True. If, if Led, just because Ledlam starts doesn't mean that Dunlap can't start. By the way, correct. So I, I I think it's probably likely that they both start. Frankly, to be honest, you, my guess would be Glenn Taylor then finds the bench. I would. I mean, it would show if you look at the Butler game that would, that's where that would probably happen. To be honest, fair. That's, that's, I think that's probably likely to be the starting lineup. Good problem to have. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna great say, problem to have when you're trying to yeah, squeeze people into yeah. the starting lineup. We have been successful at having different guys step up for us at different moments and. That is a recipe for success always. Yeah, 100%. Basketball. All right, the second game of the week is against the Creighton Blue Jays at Omaha. A game at 1 o'clock on Saturday on Fox, if you're watching at home, unless you're in Omaha. Pro- shout out to Omaha, nice city. Been there many times in my life, uh, covering Creighton, actually. And a uh, great hotel connected to the stadium. We've talked about it before, but I, it's, it is a very great setup in the Big East. If you do have an opportunity to go out, uh, we don't play very well there, so probably don't go out to yeah, a St. John's game. But we do not go out to a different well go out to a different game and see uh, where ever, you can actually root for Creighton. I don't know if we ever have, at least not in recent memory. It's it's definitely not a place we've played well at, and we are one in eleven all time at Creighton, which is yes. not really great. We've no. lost six in a row, to, not necessarily away, but six in a row to Creighton, which is. Also not very good. Yeah, we, we don't play well against home either. Uh, they, now, listen, Creighton has been very good uh, recently. They are they started off the season ranked very high. Uh, they have struggled a bit this year, though. They came into Big East play. They're 2-2 two and two so far. They, they lost to Villanova and they lost to Marquette. They did beat Georgetown and Providence, but obviously Providence without Bryce Hopkins, so maybe a bit of grain of salt there. The, um, you know, they, they even struggled a bit out of conference. They lost to Colorado State, who's a good team, uh, but they also had a loss to UNLV. Which is not a good loss. Yeah, um, they did have a good win. They beat Alabama, but I, they, I, think I don't know. I think they got a raw deal a little bit. To be completely honest, I mean they were ranked eighth in the country, lost to UNLV. Not great. Not a great loss by all means. They come back and beat Alabama. Then they lose to Villanova, and they by two points. And then they lose to Marquette. Both of them are very at Marquette. By the way, in a five point game, they drop from eighth all the way to 
out of the rankings. I mean, you want to tell me there shouldn't be eighth? 100% don't disagree with you. But telling me that they don't deserve to be ranked in the top 25, that seems a little aggressive to me. Yeah, to I mean, that, that's, a fall, that's a fall, 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 far. I mean, those, were, those really weren't yeah. bad teams they lost to, frankly. I, I mean, the UNLV I mean, loss is a bad loss. It's a bad loss, but Nova, but they, they didn't fall out after that. When they lost to UNLV, they only dropped to 22nd. Okay. Right. For, well, right, but they, yeah. No, they dropped to 12th. They dropped to 12th. Then they lost to Nova and dropped to twenty second. That's way too far. That is a drop. huge fall for That's way too to far. Yeah, I mean, to Nova close. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's funny because you you see respect for the Big East in some areas yeah. with like Seton Hall beating UConn and UConn going up in the rankings. Yeah, uh, but I guess you see a little disrespect here for Creighton. Yeah, it's in a, that it's, they they have a stumble when it's not really warranted. I agree with you. I don't think it is warranted. Um, don't, don't worry though; they have a chance to. <laughs> Not a chance. They'll beat DePaul before they play us this week. So they'll get back on their. They, they'll continue the two-game winning streak. They're well, they, are, they are close. They could be ranked in this new rankings potentially, but we'll see. Vincent, that's our sister school. Listen, I love DePaul and I wish them all the best. But you know, someone's got to lose. Someone's got to lose, sure. and unfortunately, it be us it's, anymore. It's been DePaul for a very long time, and looking like it, it's gonna. This year is not the year they're turning it around. I'm okay with it being Georgetown this year, too. Oh, they're certainly down there. Did you see that Georgetown-DePaul game? Woof. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That was an unfortunate one that had to be scheduled, right? Like, that's one where you go, Unfortunately, Oof. I have to do that twice. <laughs> yeah, that's just a very good point. Let's give you a little look at this Creighton team, because uh, they are, even though they're not ranked, they're a very talented they're team. They're very talented. Uh, and, and I do think that this is a game we we, we could struggle in. Uh, because we've Not only because we've struggled against Creighton, Recently, they seem to play a style of basketball that is exactly counter to us, uh, at least in the past, in recent past, and, and we'll see if that continues. But anyway, uh, Baylor Shireman, their leading scorer, almost 18 points a game, also averages eight rebounds a game. Uh, you know, good shooter. He's going to be a headache for us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just find out. Yeah. Trey Alexander is still there. You know, some of these names are familiar. Yeah. Uh, Calc Brenner is still there. I'm pretty sure Trey Alexander was there when I was in college. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you guys are sticking around a lot longer. They got COVID years and redshirt years. Yeah. Extra years now. It's, it's, it is getting a little I'm, ridiculous. I'm pretty sure there's somebody in the NCAA who actually has two doctorate degrees. Legitimately. I think, I think so. There's that, guys that, that play eight seasons yeah, based yeah. on medical redshirts and stuff. So, so Shireman, Alexander, and Calc Brenner, they've been there for a long time. That's been their big three, if you will. And and it's still their big three. Those are, their, those are the three guys on their team who average double-digit points. Uh, and those are the three guys who we're really going to have to, you know, stop if we want to win this game. It'll be an interesting matchup between Cockburner and Soriano. It as always a, is. You know, I mean, as always, right? I mean, I mean, those are two Soriano of the, two versus of the biggest everybody, bigs. right? Also, I mean, Cockburner is one of the best bigs, also yeah. in in the league. Yeah, I think last year too. In the, in, if Cockburner had been around in the tournament, Creighton would have went farther because oh, they yeah. almost beat. He's one of their best I players. Agree. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they were eighteen. They almost upset. I think what was it Arizona. Somebody like Somebody that. Somebody like that. Wait, forget, but, uh, but they also dropped him down because they lost Cockburner. Correct. Yeah. I mean, the injuries always hurt you, right? And and, and when it's your center, when it's a position like that, yeah, where, yeah. where you don't have an immediate replacement, right? Because yeah. no, no disrespect to guards, but you usually teams have two good guards. Or That's true. You can find a team yeah, with yeah, two yeah, good no, forwards. For you can, sure. a, a center or a big like that is a hard position. Usually there's one guy, you know? So you, you do get a little drop down in the thing, and that's what happened to them last year. And Yes, I think with Calc Runner they could have gone a little farther, and I think that's why they were so highly rated coming into this season because yeah. they looked at this team and said, "This is very much the team that finished strong last year." But they have Calc Brenner too, uh, and in the tournament, you know, they played decently. But you know, coming into this week, they're coming off two wins, so, so we'll, see it, it, we'll see what we get at the end of this week. Certainly a big matchup, uh, but I don't have it as a must-win, and I, I don't agree. know if it's a game we're necessarily going to win. I think much like the UConn game. Because it's at Creighton, this is a game where it's a little bit house money. Creighton, I think, is still going to be one of the better teams in the Big East. I think they're probably still one of the top four teams in the Big East. So playing at Creighton, we're having to throw the game very well. Wouldn't say it's a must win. Great opportunity for us if we were to win this game. For sure. It's a, well, this game, no matter, is a quad one opportunity for us, which is huge. Absolutely. It's gonna remain, it'll, it'll and it will remain a quad one, especially okay. on the road. It will yeah. certainly be a quad one opportunity. Um so if we can go get this, that's a great win for us, and that'll really, really move Absolutely. us Absolutely. Um, but I don't know that I would say it's a must win. I think it's, no, a, I, I think it's I a big opportunity, it but not a must win. So those are the two games for this week. Uh, we also, right after the holiday weekend, we stay on the road, if you will. Uh, we play at Seton Hall. Quick pit stop on the way home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at Seton Hall, that game is on the 16th. It's on Tuesday uh, at 8.30 on Fox Sports 1 at 
the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey, where we have been absolutely abysmal, just like we've been another house of <laughs> in Omaha. They really maybe they did that on purpose. They're like, you know what, St. John's is very bad in Omaha and very bad in Newark recently. Let's put them back to back. Yeah. Let's, let's give St. John's fans something to pull their hair out over. Some, something about those royal blue teams. <laughs> That's every That's team. That's every team. <laughs> Everybody except Providence. It's not royal blue. Oh, true. It's royal. That's blue. why I said royal. You're every right. okay. every okay. team every team in the Big East has blue, with the exception of Providence. Correct. In in some as an alt color or as a main yeah. color, and royal blue is everybody except for Providence and Xavier, and St. John's. Well, and St. John's, but yes, I'm not talking about Correct. us. So. Also, by the way, just to go back to Nork. Speaking of one and eleven, like we're one eleven against Creighton all time, we are one and eleven in our last twelve games at the Rock in Newark. Last game last year when we absolutely should have wow. won, we lost by twenty points. Correct. So yeah, that's not great. <laughs> not, yeah. not great. I can not great. You're not wrong, Craig. It is that is not, not great. Not that great. is what we call not great, and particularly not great considering Seattle is having such a great run. Uh, they mm-hmm. beat UConn. They beat Providence. They beat Marquette. We already talked about that. Obviously, they have a week of games in between us, uh, which, listen, I, they also got blown out by Xavier. So they're playing at Georgetown and at Butler, though. You got to think that at Georgetown game is a win. Uh, the at Butler is, is tough. Like we said, they're a good team. I could see Seton Hall maybe stumbling there like they've stumbled against Xavier, but you don't know. So you don't know where they're going to be at in terms of a, a streak or anything like that. Uh, but could be a very interesting matchup. It's going to be an interesting matchup. matchup and, and, and more important than that, Seton Hall is clearly stepping forward as somebody that we're going to be also, you know, fighting with position for in the Big East, much yep. like Villanova. So this game, this, I think even though this game is on the road, because we've played so bad here, this is a game that you want to win more than in other games. Like if we lose at Omaha, I don't want that one as much as I want the, the, the Seton Hall win at Seton Hall because, A, I think what that does is it shows a shift, Right. Uh, and I, I think also the close proximity to each other is... Well, there's, is, certainly, is there's certainly a rivalry. There's but a rivalry. I think by beating Seton Hall in Newark, we can kind of push off one hump off our back. Uh, I don't think we're going to do it twice in one week, so I don't think we're going to win in Omaha and in Seton Hall. That would be too much to handle. Uh, I mean, I think we you could never know. <laughs> oh, the answer is we could do it. We could do it, although we've played so terribly in those two places that we played. Yeah, we, if we were to do it, I, I mean, one thing, out of my mind. One I'd thing I will excited. say, which I read in an article that Zach Brazil wrote, these players have never played bad in Omaha, and that's true. So while we on, all have, we all have this PTSD. Rick Pitino hasn't either. These guys that, don't. That's silly. It's true though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, it doesn't mean they're gonna win. I'm just telling you. I'm trying to be optimistic. It's right? silly optimism. It's silly I don't optimism. know. I don't know if that's silly optimism. I think that no, that's not regular. True. Joel Soriano has lost there. That is also correct. Joel Soriano has and lost so there every fair. time. Uh, and he's only played there twice. <laughs> Well, that's two losses. That was four losses right, combined. Four? Oh, no, at home. I mean, I I mean you're right, on the right, road. Right. Only on the road. You only count the road games. But, no, the Creighton one's not only on the road. Those are at home, too. Though, yes, that's true. We've lost the six in a row, row to, Creighton, <laughs> to yeah. Creighton, which means Joel Soriano has never beaten Creighton. That's correct. Uh, that's it, so correct. And he's never beaten Seton Hall at Seton Hall because <laughs> we've lost 11. Uh, we've won 11 out of one, but one of those was not in the past two years. Yeah, the one that was during a snowstorm and there was no fans. Yeah. Well, that's the one we won in the Rock. All right. And what at at seen? Oh, you mean at, at the, the rock. rock? I was gonna say because we won one on campus. We did. Win we one did. On we did win at Walsh. I was there at Walsh. At Walsh Gym. Gym. Actually, Joel Soriano was on that team. Yeah, he Joel was. Soriano. That was so George he has one win at <laughs> in Seton Hall, yeah. but that's in South Orange, not in Newark, which is where the game is being it's played. A great building. Uh, so, as much as that's true, the cloud. The cloud over St. John's. Look, I, I, is, I, I is, trust me, I live it. I know is certainly oh, yeah. still existing. Uh, and as all we, as we all know in sports, some boogeymen are hard to get rid of. That's true. I look at like we live in New Jersey, and I refuse to go to the scene all games because oh, yeah. it's a house of horror. So yeah, I went, I, I, trust I went me, last I know. year to try to change that. And that didn't work yeah, out. So you won't see me there this year. It would be sweet too to beat Dylan Adewusu. In his, well, it's not, it's not a return, but in his uh, rubber match, not a rubber match either. I don't even know what you would call it. I don't know. I don't, I don't have no ill will towards Dylan today. I don't have any ill will, but I mean, in the same fact that we were playing Posh for the first time, it was his return. Yeah, it's a, it's a. I guess there's no ill will, but I still don't. I, first of all, I don't want anybody to beat us. Second I, mean, of all, I don't. I mean, I do. I don't. Correct. Want, I don't Second of all, as a, as a New Jerseyan, I, I don't want Seton Hall to beat us. I I went to Seton Hall Law. Like I don't want to hear from anybody that I know that Seton uh, Hall is better. I, I, listen, I, I went to Seton Hall undergrad. Yeah, I believe you. I understand, but I just 
I, you know, I don't think the Dylan Day Wusu part has anything to do with it. I, I actually, I like seeing a guy like him because I like him. So <laughs> I liked him, but that doesn't mean I don't want to beat him. Oh, I definitely want to. I, I beat absolutely want to beat him. But I wanted to beat Posh too. I liked Posh. Yeah, I, I, Posh, but I, 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 I doesn't mean I, you know. I didn't want him to play well. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> I saying. Want, I'm not saying I want, that. I want Dylan Day Wusu to do what he did sometimes with us, where he drive into the lane <laughs> eight hundred times in a row and have Jail Strand block, block him sixteen times. That would be spectacular. You know, that'd be great. I uh, love that. Love that for us. So obviously, as Nick mentioned, Dylan. Is on the team. They're, you know, he's a he's a regular player for them. So we're going to see a lot of him. Uh, gets a lot of minutes. He's a starter. Uh, maybe not a starter, but he starts some. He started some games this season. No, he's a starter. I, um, I think he's a regular. Kadari Richmond, their leading scorer, we will see a lot of. Fifteen points a game, six rebounds for him. Forty-seven percent from the field. He will be shooting the ball quite often. Fortunately, he's not a three-point shooter, so uh, we won't have to deal with that. At least uh, Dre Davis, their number two guy, thirteen and a half points a game. He is a bit of a three-point shooter, so he aver- he's averaging 38% from the three. There's their two guards uh, that they'll have to deal with. Also, they're maybe not the two guards, but uh, Alamir Dawes is mm-hmm. also one of their star dar- guards. Mm-hmm. They, they're they guard-heavy, as you can hear. Um, the, he'll be someone we'll also have to have some headaches with. Uh, Joel Soriano will be going up against Jaden Bediaco. Uh, he's their center. Uh, he's... You know, averaging just under nine points a game, eight rebounds a game, fifty-five percent from the field. So they are going to, you know, get it down low and hope he can get it over Joel. But I like our chances in this matchup. To be completely honest, I think Soriano is a. I mean, listen, he, he handles his own, right? We know Joel is going to do his own, and I think actually, you know, in most of them we're saying, can he? You know, how's he going to do against a seven footer? How's he going to do it? He's a better big uh, than Bediaco, and I think yeah. he's going to be able. We're going to we're going to be able to exploit that. I mean, Joel Soriano, frankly, is. Should be an All American right now. Oh yeah, I mean, he's doubt. probably the biggest player of the year at current at current moment. I mean, so I I don't I feel confident against him going up against frankly anybody. I mean yes, um, that, that is true. I, I, there's nobody I doubt he can do. But I think you're right in this uh, oppose a Cockbrenner, Cockbrenner, where um, yeah, he, that's a, like that he's a good big man too. I don't know that the scene hall. Right. Um, I also, it is not necessarily in the same level at this current moment. That was more so the no, point I, I was I trying to make, is that they're also a guard-heavy team, so they're going to rely on their guards more so than Bediaco, whereas, you know, for us, it's an even split, and, and he's not even really in the same tier as, as Soriano. So I, I do think this is an area where we can really get it down low and, yeah. and dominate in the paint. Um, I think I, th- I think for us, the the real thing about this game is going to be I mean, I think we're a better team than Seton Hall. I just do. I think it depends what Seton Hall team kind of shows up, right? They're home, so we're going to get uh, potentially a home Seton Hall team, which has been scorching hot. Or we can get the team that played Xavier at Xavier, which was terrible. Maybe not terrible, but they were not good. No, I mean, they got they beat lost by 20 points. Yeah, they got beat by 20 points. They were pretty... To come off a UConn win that was so impressive, to play like that at Xavier was just like, oh, it was a fluke. But then they go on, and then they beat Providence, although, you know, Bryce Hopkins goes down, and then they beat Marquette at home. And it's like, yeah, what I mean, is this team? I don't know. I, I mean, it'll be a good test. I mean, and, like, look, I think you're going to get home Seton Hall. Seton Hall has always played very well at the Rock. They yeah. just, they always They do. Have. They do. Which is they get fun. a good crowd. They get a very good crowd, um, and, you know, they they play well. I mean, they frankly, they, they play very well. It'll be interesting to see, and, and I Let's get a little, you know, a little into it here. Three games we talked about, right? I think the Providence game is a must-win. Uh, I think the Creighton is you're playing with house money, and I think the Seton Hall game is a game we should win. Uh, so I'm happy if we come out of this these three games two and one. Uh, not happy if we come out one and two. Uh, ecstatic if we come out three and zero. Oh. Where do you see us falling? Or where do you see us ending after these three games? I got us 3-0, and baby. Nick, I'm super high. positive, riding high on the... Uh... For sure. First of all, Providence with no Bryce Hopkins, easy money. At Creighton, we're, we're just a better team. Soriano is more dominant. We got better guards. Brady Dunlap's... Maybe we're gonna, due. Maybe we're gonna due gonna for a winning in Creighton. And then against the Hall, I just think we're... Again, I think we're a better team, and I think they don't show up at home for our game. And I think we just take advantage. I like the positivity. I, if if like, nothing else, I appreciate your. I appreciate you being excited. <laughs> if we went three, if we go three and zero this week, we will be. Rank. I mean, we we better be ranked. We'd be six and one in the Big East. No, it will certainly be ranked. We'd yeah, certainly be, be ranked. I mean, if we win three games, we'd be thirteen and well, we'd be fourteen and four. 
I mean, we would 100%. We our net would be yeah. in the top 20. We'd be top 15. We would be 100% right. There's no doubt about it if we were to win three in a row. Because also, like, just, like, look at... Look at well, just looking... By the way, looking at... Seton Hall is probably likely to be ranked and probably stay ranked by the time we play them. Would, uh, yeah. I mean, they should be know, ranked after winning those three games. Creighton, like Creighton has a good shot of being ranked as well. Creighton has a very good So you're ranked. talking about getting it two wins, two ranked wins. Yeah. Uh, with a win against Providence, who, who although obviously lost Bryce Hopkins and is no longer ranked... Uh, That'd be a quad it, one win. It's, uh, it's yeah, quad one win. One hundred percent. it's Providence at home. No, it's at home. Sorry, Providence. Sorry, I meant to say this before. Providence will be a quad two opportunity. Creighton will be a quad one opportunity, and Seton Hall could be a quad one opportunity. It depends. So right now, Seton Hall is on that fringe. Mm. So Seton Hall is seventy three. So currently, right mm. now, the road game would be a quad one. But if they were to fall out of under seventy five, it, it would, would no be longer. a quad two. So. We'll, we'll see. see. All right, so yeah. Nick has his three and zero. Craig, what do you think we're doing? I think we're gonna go two and one. I think we exercise one of the demons, either Creighton or Seton Hall, but I don't think we get both of them. Um, you think Providence is lock? I think we beat Providence at home. Yeah, I, I, I think we do. I think they're still kind of reeling and figuring it out, and I think we're playing really well. And at home, I just, I think we beat Providence. I think we we only beat one of the two. I I don't know which one it is. I just think we beat one of the two. That's my like cautious, optimistic look. Without you know, I look, you know, I love there to be three. But I think if we win two or three, like Vince said, I'll feel really good because this is you know it's a tough stretch. Because after this, we got it. It is a tough stretch. But 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 here's the thing, actually. Uh, so after these, after Providence is home, after Creighton and Seton Hall on the road, we come home for four of our next five games. That is good. And they're tough. It's Marquette, Villanova again, then then's the one away game is at Xavier. Then we play home against UConn and then DePaul is an easy one. But you're talking about it's an extremely hard stretch like we talked about in the last sure. episode. Uh, but we are home. And I have to say, yes, we're going to be at the Garden. We're not going to be at Carneseca. It's good to be home. It's always you know, good to it's be always home. Good to be home. And, good to be and home. you know, if we're going to get Marquette for the first time, Better to get them home. Let's get that win. You know. Get, oh yeah, yeah. Let's hope that that Villanova. We we beat them on the road. We can beat them at home. We lock up a sweep right there, and that is big Huge for seeding in the Big East. The East you know. Yeah. So that's why, as much as it is a tough stretch, being home there for us, I think is is going to be a nice nice change of pace. Um, because obviously we're we're coming off of uh, two of the worst places to play for us. So. Yeah, yeah. I just gotta say, I don't. I don't love that we're playing Marquette and UConn both at noon. Yeah, I don't ever like playing at noon. Noon we, games we play terribly never, at noon. I think I, th- I agree. I, you know, I'm gonna give me the give me the seven o'clock, eight o'clock game. My my, my my philosophy, my thinking is because we play every game at the Garden. So when it's a noon game, we're like like oh, it's a noon game, whatever. But every other team that comes into the Garden is playing at the Garden, so they're gonna get up for that game at noon. Mm-hmm. Whereas we get up for the game. Or we, you know, we do, but we we're a little usually, lethargic. Usually, we're a little by, usually by the second half, we wake yeah, up. Yeah, by the, the second half. But yeah, no, I think you're 100 percent right. We play terribly at noon. If we could change that, if let's get Rick Pitino working on that, less that'd be good. Get more games at the Garden, spectacular. Less games at noon. But, Vincent. but to Craig's point, none of these players have played at Madison Square Garden <laughs> at noon except Joel. That's Sarah. right. That's right. Vincent, what do you got us this week? So I think we go two and one. I think we get the win against Providence. Uh, and I think we beat Seton Hall, but I think we lose to Creighton at Creighton. I don't think, I think they're a better team than they're, you know, rec- ranked, ranked. I guess uh, <laughs> I think they deserve to be, uh, you know, higher ranked for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they're a little disrespected. Uh, so I, I do think that they're still a demon. We're not going to be able to exercise this time, but I do think we're going to win at at the Rock. I think we're a better team than Seton Hall. And listen, Seton Hall is playing great. Uh, in those three games where they beat ranked teams, uh, but they are an up and down team, and, and the loss to Xavier shows that, and their non conference schedule shows that. Uh, and I think, you know, it depends on which game team you get, but I also think that our defense has been playing so well that we can make the bad team come out, right? We can make the down in the up and down teams come out, uh, which is why I think we come away with a win against Seton Hall and go two and one in this next little stretch and. Definitely find ourselves ranked by doing that. That would be great. We're off to a great start already in the Big East. We are. And I do think it's going to continue, uh, at least in these next few games. So, listen, it's an exciting time. The Rick Pitino effect has not worn off, (laughs) which is great, because that means that winning is happening, right? By now, if it had worn off, it would have been like, oh, we're in a struggle. 
Uh, we're not, and things are happy, and <laughs> everyone has reason to be excited, uh, and we're happy to you know be here along with you for the ride and bring you the uh, the stories of St. John's basketball. Absolutely. All right. Well, that'll do it for Craig and Nick. I'm Vincent. Go Johnnies. Keep chasing.